Hi, I'm Tyra G., your host of Frankly Speaking with Tyra G. Welcome again to our virtual global gathering of phenomenal listeners. Yes, fearsome and generous, humble and honest, pursuing new possibilities and purpose. You know, here, we dig deep and we come up strong. We bravely walk into places where tradition has taught us there's some things you just don't talk about, but not at this table. And no matter how hard judgment knocks, it can't come in. Here we live beyond the wreckage. We experience, educate, encourage, and empower each other weekly. We have a firm belief that everyone not only has a story, but is a story. So we share some aha moments and stories that have been left in our pockets for way too long. Although many of your voices will speak light into darkness, there is no insignificant person around this table. Each week, we'll start right where we are. The dress code is your authenticity, your inner awesome, and your belief that impossible is merely a word to describe the degree of difficulty. You're listening to Radio Fairfax, Fairfax, Virginia. Cablecast on Cox and Verizon Files, Channel 37, and Comcast, Channel 27 in Reston. And webcast worldwide on the Internet at www.radiofairfax.org. Every Saturday evening at 8 o'clock p.m. Should you miss us? No worry. Just find Frankly Speaking with Tara G Podcasts wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And if you feel like connecting with me offline, you know that's possible. My email is tyra at tyragarlington.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thank you, Courtney Nero, for composing and performing our Frankly Speaking theme song. And for naming it, I'm listening. For five years, Frankly Speaking with Tyra G. has been telling thematic stories to touch the mind, the heart, and the spirit. They've been multicultural, intergenerational, educational, and inspirational. And they've been told by you, my cohorts, my listeners, and my friends. Thank you. You know, today we're in an ongoing season of uncertainty, unrest, natural disasters, and unnecessary violence and death. This fact is punctuated with another mass shooting reported just this morning. Our headlines are scattered with catastrophe. The CDC reported that recently firearms became the number one cause of death for children in the United States. We have all been touched by a new sense of fragility in ourselves and in our social systems. So this has become a testing time and, and a time of self-reflection. This is a time for us to recognize that we're in a journey. We're not in a journey. We are in a journey. We're not a destination. We're a process, not an event. But this is the time to elevate voices of hope and to reimagine what is essential. We must remember that we're stronger than we feel and smarter than we know. Even when we are still, we are motion. Loving, serving, nurturing, encouraging, and empowering. Who we are today 
and what we can do comes with a price. And we must remember those who paid it for us when we could not or did not ask. Sometimes we need help remembering. To create a common thought space for this week's show, I want you to think outside the box and consider another way of thinking about death and grief. By the way, did you know grief is proof of the power of love? I read, read that recently and it resonated. I think I'm going to put that in my journal. But anyway, I want you to take a listen and I quote, People never really die. They leave their bodies. They end their physical existence to continue their spiritual journey in another form on another plane. A person who has entered the realm of reality that we call death is never beyond your love. What we call death is not a cold, dark, frightening experience. It is essential. It is an essential part of life that teaches us to believe in what we cannot see. Once you've loved a person, your love will keep them alive. Life continues after death as long as you remember the warmth of another smile, the greatness and the gentleness of their touch, and the meaning they brought into your life. In your remembrance of another life, life overtakes death. Stay in touch with your loved ones. Send them your love. Use the memory of your time together as motivation to keep growing. Your remembrance offers them a victory over that thing called death. Until today, you may have misunderstood death. You may have been grieving or mourning the loss of a loved one, believing they were forever gone from your life. But for today, be a living reflection of the dreams and love you shared with someone who passed on. I borrowed those words from Iyana Bonsant from her book, Until Today, published in 2000. Now this week, we're going to visit a place where life is resuscitated through memory. We will meet aboard members of a board of the Mount Olive Cemetery Historical Preservation Society. I know, I know that's a mouthful, but they're going to unpack it for you, and it's going to come to life, and you're going to love what they do. Their mission is to emphasize the influence and contribution of African Americans regarding the history, education, development, growth, and culture of the Clarksville, Tennessee area. I was impressed during my first conversation with the board members, it became very clear to me that his and her volunteer commitments were born out of a servant's heart. I also found a couple of comments from their past visitors on their website to help you set expectations. And I quote, upon reflecting on the experience, one student remarked, I was touched by the stories of my people. I was even more touched by the actions of others who've never met these United States colored troops and their families, yet they take time out of their lives to care for them. A group of students stated that prior to meeting the society members and going to Mount Olive Cemetery, we were not very interested or have any understanding of the history and importance of keeping the memories alive. Their passion was very respectful 
and cleaning headstones gave us a sense of pride and connection. This week's conversation will be facilitated by Mr. Nick Nicholson, President and Executive Director of the Society's Board. I am going to join the audience at this point, and Nick, the mic is yours. Okay, uh, thank you, Tyra, and, and hello, listening audience. Uh, as Tyra said, I am the uh, Executive Director and President of Mount Island Cemetery Historical Preservation Society. And I've been associated with the society since 2018. And right out of the gate here, we want to thank Tyra for this opportunity to share the Mount Olive Cemetery story. We've entitled the dialogue this evening, Their Struggle Was Real. I'll say that again. Their struggle was real. And we'll be talking about the origin of Mount Olive Cemetery, its history, its current existence, and the struggle of those souls interred there. They were slaves, freed men and women, veterans and citizens who built a life here in the Clarksville Montgomery County community. And in doing so helped to build the beginning of what is now Clarksville, Tennessee. In telling the story of Mount Olive Cemetery, uh, we hope that those that are listening are inspired to know more about this historic place, the stories of those buried there and our ongoing going efforts to preserve and maintain uh, the cemetery. Ultimately, we hope that our story intrigues each of you enough to want to come and visit Clarksville, Tennessee and actually tour the cemetery. This evening, the story of Mount Olive will be told through the lens of the three of our members of our board, namely our Director of Preservation and Maintenance, Director of Education and Engagement, and our historian, who will convey their individual and collective efforts to maintain this historic site. Now, Mount Olive Cemetery Historical Preservation Society is a nonprofit entity, and uh, it's responsible for the total care of Mount Olive Cemetery. This is, I have to tell you that the society would not be in existence without the efforts of Ms. Geneva, Genevia Bell, who founded the society in 2004. And after discovering the existence of the cemetery, Ms. Bell immediately recognized its historic significance and developed a, a vision for its future. Unfortunately, Ms. Bell passed away in 2018, but we move on with the preservation and restoration, the education and engagement and the historical perspective efforts of the cemetery in her spirit, because she was a true pioneer in her time. Mount Olive Cemetery is an African-American cemetery established in about 1817 on a 7.24-acre uh, track of land in the south side of Clarksville. One of, it's one of the largest and oldest African-American cemeteries in the city of Clarksville, and the known burial period of Mount Olive uh, is from 1817 to 1958. And this period is based solely on dates taken from tombstones in the cemetery. The earliest documented burial was that of James Hunt, who died in uh, September or on September 8, 1817. And the last burial was that of Oscar Jasper Holmes, who died in 1958. There's an estimated 1,350 graves located within the cemetery. And that's by uh, way of a ground penetrating radar. 
Yet it's believe, it is believed that that is a conservative estimate. And unfortunately, more than 90% of the graves in the cemetery are not marked by headstones. They are sunken graves in the cemetery. Among the in, many individuals interred in Mount Olive Cemetery, there are currently identified 289 civilians and 33 military veterans, of which 31 are known United States colored troops, one World War II veteran, and one Buffalo soldier. You'll hear more about how we identify those interred in Mount Olive later in this presentation. Now, if you were to fly over the cemetery, the cemetery presents as a forest of trees and rolling hills. The trees measuring, in some cases, more than 50 feet tall and form a thick canopy that provides shading and coolness from the hot summer days. During the fall and winter months, the bare trees accentuate the beautiful, brilliant rays of sunshine against the many headstones and sunken graves at the cemetery. Additionally, Vinca vines cover two-thirds of the cemetery, and they present as a dark green carpet-like appearance. Now, as I just described, Mount Olive Cemetery is a beautiful place that you'll never forget that is recognized for its historic significance and was placed on the National Registry of Historic Places in November 2020. And it was recently designated as a tree, sanct uh, a tree sanctuary status through the Tennessee Urban Forestry Council. If you were to go into the cemetery, access in and around the cemetery is aided by a system of unpaved walkways ranging approximately 10 feet across. We, we believe that those walkways uh, were made to aid burials uh, of those interred there. There's a walking bridge situated over a ravine that runs through the cemetery on the west side, and that's the only access that serves as a pathway to reach that, the grave sites on that side of the cemetery. The cemetery remains a visual identity consistent with an early 20th century cemetery located outside the city boundaries, and except for a glimpse of a headstone here and there, the grounds could be staken as a heavily wooded area with walking trails throughout. Those interred in Mount Olive Cemetery represent African-American history from the era of slavery, Civil War, Reconstruction, and the Jim Crow period. They also represent institutions important to the African-American community, such as churches, schools, and fraternal organizations. The headstones and documentation support and record the fact that those interred at Mount Olive were people of achievement within the African-American community of Clarksville and Montgomery County who served as sources of ethnic pride and identity. Now, Mount Olive is integral too and a contributing element of a significant national resource in that it derives its primary importance from those who are interred there and their service to the local community, regional community, and this country at large. Additionally, the grave sites and the distinctive design feature markings on the headstones of persons of transcendent importance stand as lasting monuments reflective of an end association with historic events of America, namely the Civil War, the emancipation of slavery, the Reconstruction period, and World War II. So Mount Olive is a monument to the success of Clarksville's post-Civil War African community. 
And it's significant because it reflects the history of African-Americans in the town as they move from slavery to freedom, from economic dependence to self-sufficiency, from exclusion by whites to forming their own institutions. And as they struggle to overcome white-imposed legal and social restrictions, all the while supporting the government with military service during the Civil War. Now, their struggle was real. It was real. And the cemetery provides a place of neutrality. To talk about the things that Tyra talked about in her beginning and the difficult and sometimes darkest darkness in the history of America that has played out in the lives and souls of those buried at Mount Island Cemetery. Now, I'm going to turn it over to Mike Talianto, uh, who's uh, my predecessor as the president of the organization, and he is our current director and uh, preservation uh, preservation and maintenance. Mike does an excellent job. He is a workaholic in the cemetery. We could not be where we are with uh, restoration and preserva uh, preservation and maintenance without his uh, leadership. Mike? Nick, thanks, and uh, Tyler, thanks for your introduction. And uh, if you don't mind, I'll pull some strings on some of the themes that you talked about because I think they're germane to um, all of our efforts and uh, kind of serve as a grounding rod uh, for our passions and our shared interests in preserving this history. But I guess to kick things off um, and put some context and perspective into the journey that I've been on, um, I, I'm like Nick, I'm not a native to Clarksville. Uh, I originally grew up in Maine. I uh, went into the Army and uh, after 28 years retired um, and uh, came back to Clarksville. I served some time in, in Clarksville uh, during my earlier years in the military, but uh, came back to Clarksville because uh, I, we loved it. My wife was uh, from Clarksville and uh, it was a wonderful place to raise our family and, and uh, put in our roots. And, um, after serving some time in the school system as a teacher, um, I finally retired a second time, and now I'm a, a rancher. Uh, Nick and I are, are neighbors, and uh, I raise cows and occasionally uh, talk him into coming over and getting a hand. Uh, sure. <laughs> but uh, I guess my real passion in my connection to Clarksville is, is, uh, has been growing over the last 10 years, and it's, it's a direct result of my involvement in helping to preserve Monol's history and to share it with our community. Um, I, I want to uh, touch back on, you know, how I get, got to Mount Olive. And it, it all started with a relationship that built, was built between Geneva Bell and, and myself, as Nick indicated uh, in his talk. Uh, Geneva was the founding, uh, the founder of the Mount Olive Cemetery Historical Preservation Cemetery. And with her invitation, I walked out to the cemetery one day to, to meet with her and uh, was quite surprised and, and uh, had a very unexpected um, experience in that there weren't the traditional features of what you would call a cemetery visible. A lot of those physical attributes that you would see in a cemetery, were, were they just weren't there. And it, it forced me physically to move deeper into the cemetery where I began to look for those traditional markers and traditional headstones and physical features that kind of give you that feeling that you're, you're in a, uh, a cemetery. Well, it, it, those things just weren't there. 
Um, and as Nick mentioned in his in his uh, uh, part of uh, the, the cast here, is, you know, many people visiting the cemetery or driving by would easily mistake it. Uh, the cemetery is just a wooded area with some paths. But, you know, looking back 10 years ago now, almost 10 years, those initial steps in my into the cemetery was the start of my journey in discovering Clarksville's history and our nation's history as lived and seen through the lives of those interred. And now, almost 10 years later, my journey continues. And Tyra, I think um, what you said earlier with regards to um, our ancestors' lives are never beyond our love. And I think that's so true with my experience in taking care of the cemetery is that those interred at Mount Olive, their history is not beyond my love. And, and I think the society's members uh, love. And, and that's what drives us to commit our time and our resources and treasure to do everything we can to celebrate the history and to take care of the cemetery. I, I've been asked many times by visitors, you know, why, how did you, uh, a white man from Maine, uh, find yourself so connected to an African-American cemetery. And I, you know, I pause for a, a second and reflect, but it always comes back to my feelings that I, I believe that as Americans, uh, we all should share a deeply patriotic and civic responsibility to reflect on our history and to learn the stories of our past. And those stories that are told within the cemetery's history, I, I have uh, learned to love and, and cherish them. And the cemetery for me is sacred ground. And to learn the names and the lives of those Americans that are interred there is, a, is an honor. And to take care of their gravestones, their headstones, to care and upkeep the cemetery is, a, is one way I, I get to celebrate and honor their lives and their contributions to our nation. Uh, and I think one other point I'd like to just highlight is, you know, historians and critics of American history um, have often asked and questioned, you know, who gets to decide what stories are told about this dark chapter of our nation's history. And I, I would say that from a society standpoint, we, we're not putting a filter on any of that history and and I think in contrast to sometimes how our history has been told, we, we share what we learn, we tell the stories as we learn them, and, and we're not filtering that history. We're not filtering those stories. And, and I think uh, Dr. Nolting and our historian, uh, Phyllis Smith, can, can probably complement uh, and expand on that thought uh, when they speak here in a little bit. But I think that's an important uh, attribute of how the society approaches it embraces the history that's within the cemetery. And we have a we have a symbol that uh, we use in our briefings, uh, the symbol of the Mount Olive Cemetery Historical Society, and and it has an image of an open book in upraised hands, and that's uh, you know I, that just speaks to our approach that we want to be an open book. We want to learn and discover our nation's history and, and share it, and not rewrite it or not keep it silent. And I think that uh, it's a wonderful way to honor the men and women and children that are interred there. Um, let me just talk briefly about how we get to 
um, taking care of the cemetery. And it, it's not an individual effort by any means. Uh, there's a lot of individual work that goes into the cemetery's maintenance and restoration. But over the last 10 years, it's really been the uh, the effort of the community and, and building a coalition of the willing that want to take on the hard work it takes to maintain 7.24 acres. And uh, we work hard at building an inclusive environment that invites a wide range of stakeholders. And I, I just like to highlight a few of them, but our local city and county government's been very supportive. Uh, we have a lot of civic groups, veterans groups, church groups, youth groups, fraternal groups that come on out and support us, uh, as well as local businesses, educational groups, um, and a lot of veterans. We have uh, wonderful support from Fort Campbell, Kentucky, the Wounded Warrior Program, the Women's Veterans of America, and the Montgomery County Veterans Coalition, um, all willing to come out and support the caretaking of the cemetery. Um, weekly, we, we hold a, a maintenance uh, cleanup day on Tuesdays. Uh, we also host special tours, and we, we host uh, headstone cleaning seminars. Annually, we host a fall and spring cleanup. Those events directly support our Memorial Day and Veterans Day ceremonies, as well as our Reese Across America ceremony. Um, ultimately, the, the work that we're doing um, creates partnerships in our community that allows our community at large and our nation to better understand our history and to provide opportunities to celebrate the lives and the contributions of those that are interred at Mount Olive. Um, we're always looking to expand our membership in the society, and I know that uh, uh, we're going to be working hard this year to bring more folks on board. And uh, also, we can't do the work without resources and fundraising is always uh, a key effort of the society's uh, mission. So I'll be uh, glad to take on board any questions, but I'm going to pass it off to our director for education and engagement, uh, Dr. Tyler Knowlton. Tyler, before you start, let me just reiterate, uh, just uh, I touch on what Mike said. Uh, we have a lot of partnerships uh, that are listening orders. And, and, and Mike has been a, a lightning rod for um, facilitating and initiating and facilitating those partnerships. Uh, a great site that large takes a lot of cooperation from the community. And Mike has been very instrumental in uh, making that happen. So we appreciate Mike's effort in doing so. Dr. Nelson. Absolutely. Thank you, Mike, and thank you, Nick. Uh, my name is Tyler Nolte, and I'm the Director of Education and Engagement. And I also work at Austin Peay State University as a professor in public health. We refer to that as APSU. Uh, my first encounter with Mount Olive was in June of 2021 when my family and I moved to Clarksville for my current job. And I realized that the cemetery actually bordered my home. That's when I contacted um, an email that was on the website and I got an email back and then I got a phone number and that phone number was Mike. Uh, I called Mike when we moved into our home in June of 21 and he immediately came over to my house and gave me an extensive tour. And he provided me an in-depth, engaging tour of this space. At the end of that tour, I, as Mike kind of mentioned, I asked him why he uh, was so passionate and interested 
and dedicated to preserving and maintaining this space. And one thing really stuck with me out of all the out of his response, but the one thing was that the ultimate goal of the society and everybody that's a part of it was that is that no one in that cemetery die twice. You see, from the 1958 until the early 2000s, the cemetery and those interred had been forgotten. The space had become basically a dumping ground. Dying twice meant that your memory and legacy was forgotten, and the society's mission is to make sure that that never happens. Being a public health professional, my um, desire and dedication towards this space is through that lens. And with a background of serving some other disenfranchised populations, I had a desire to be a part of restoring and preserving this cemetery and honoring and celebrating those interred who were formerly enslaved African-Americans or descendants of enslaved family members. Also, as someone who enjoys writing, especially songs, I use that idea that Mike shared with me to uh, be blessed with uh, some words to a song called You Won't Die Twice. And that attempts to share some of the history and the story of Mount Olive Cemetery. And it's been an honor to be able to perform that song at many different cemetery ceremonies and other educational engagements. And if I, if I may interject here, uh, audience, every time Tyler sings that song, I see tears. And people are moved by the lyrics that he he. he he, he sings in that song. Go ahead, Tyler. Thank you, Nick. Mm -hmm. um, since becoming the Director of Education and Engagement in January of 2022, I've been a part of many opportunities to advance our mission. Perhaps our greatest achievement as a society to date is the commissioning and donation of a United States Colored Troops or USCT monument to the city of Clarksville. The monument was officially unveiled at Fort Defiance Civil War Park and Interpretive Center in Clarksville during Juneteenth weekend of 2022. At that ceremony, we had more than 150 people in attendance with many distinguished speakers. As Mike said, city and county government has been very supportive and the city of Clarksville's mayor, Joe Pitts, as well as uh, at the time, the Montgomery County Mayor, Jim Durrett, both spoke at that ceremony. And that was very special. The last year has been full of exciting and impactful achievements, such as the society being awarded a $10,000 helper grant from the Nashville Predators Foundation. This funded our Wayside Exhibits and Benches project, where we installed two Wayside Exhibits honoring the USCT, and they were placed around the USCT monument at Fort Defiance. Three other exhibits were created and installed at Mount Olive Cemetery. One of those describes the cemetery's general history and the society's founder, Geneva Ann Bell. Another describes the non-veterans of the cemetery, and a third describes the veterans that are interred at the cemetery. We also were able to have six memorial benches placed throughout the cemetery. Another grant we received that allowed us to further our mission was from the Community Foundation of Middle Tennessee for our Trail Signs Project, where we created and installed seven signposts and 14 trail signs throughout the cemetery. One, to help with navigation, and perhaps more importantly, to honor specific veterans groups and individuals interred at the cemetery. 
For example, one sign is named the 13th USCT Pike, which celebrates the 13th USCT who uh, were critical in winning the Battle of Nashville and effectively ending the Civil War in Tennessee. Another sign is uh, named is called Martilla's Loop, after Martilla Frazier, who was enslaved to one of Clarksville's uh, prominent citizens, Cave Johnson, who was the former U.S. Postmaster General under President James K. Polk. We received another grant through the Ultra Federal Credit Union called the Community Assistance Award. And this helps us, this is helping us create and to eventually install memorial uh, grave markers throughout the cemetery for many of the unknown graves. In 2022, we also designed and dedicated a USCT display case at APSU's Newton Military Family Resource Center, which happens to be Tennessee's largest military student center serving military-affiliated students. We would like to thank retired Major General Walt Lord, who is APSU's military advisor in residence, and retired Army veteran Jasmine Linares, the director of the Newton Military Family Resource Center, for supporting our project and encouraging that. Another exciting opportunity was having Mount Olive Cemetery and some of our board members featured in a documentary titled Black Mosaic, Reclaiming Clarksville Stories. This was created by an APSU graduate student, Angela Peterson, for her master's thesis in communication arts. And the documentary has now been viewed several times at a number of events in, Clark at a number of events in Clarksville. Finally, my work with Mount Olive has extended to my profession. Um, as part of my work in public health, I have a research team that designed, implemented, and are now evaluating a mixed, method, a mixed methods research intervention study with APSU undergraduate students. In this pedagogical study, students were recruited in one of my courses, and they participated in the study for an entire semester. It consisted of students participating in a three-hour experience at Mount Olive Cemetery, where they received an extensive tour of the cemetery, looking at the lives of several notable individuals through the lens of public health. During this experience, students also participated in a headstone cleaning seminar, and it ended with a musical reflection of the song that we just mentioned. Tyra mentioned some quotes from visitors at the cemetery particularly students in her opening message. Those were the students that participated in this experience. This on-site experience is focused on measuring change in students' emotions from before to after the experience, because emotions and opportunities to exert ourselves for others are critical in understanding racism and oppression of others, helping us to have empathy not for, but with, others who have been treated differently because of the color of their skin or other characteristics. Um, to finish up uh, the remainder of that study, it was 12 weeks of uh, focused on 12 lessons with health experiences, disparities, inequities, racism, and oppression experienced by African Americans from the 19th to the 21st century, focusing on all the pivotal historical periods during that time. After each lesson, students submitted a reflection journal 
um, reflecting on different prompts related to different topics of each lesson. I'm appreciative and grateful to have the honor of serving on the society, and I look forward to engaging communities and helping provide creative, educational, and lasting ways to honor and celebrate African-American history. I would like to end my portion by reading an excerpt from the chorus of the song, You Won't Die Twice, which tells the story of Mount Olive Cemetery through my interpretation of the life of a veteran friend who helps restore and preserve Mount Olive Cemetery. He found the place where they were buried, set their headstones up and straight. Some were babies, some were married, others patiently await. For the day he comes and finds them, keeps their memories alive. He says, you may have died one time, and it makes my heart break deep inside, but you won't die twice. I promise you, you won't die twice. Thank you, Tyra, for the opportunity to share about these experiences with the cemetery and being a part of the society. I wanted to note to access the society's um, media pages, our Facebook link is https colon forward slash forward slash www.facebook.com forward slash Mount Olive CHPS forward slash. And to access our website, a little shorter, <laughs> Mount Olive CHPS dot Weebly. That's W-E-E-B as in boy, L-Y dot com. Thank you so much. And um, I'd like to um, turn it over to Nick. Yeah, uh, just for our listening audience, uh, as any organization exists, um, young blood is good blood. Uh, and uh, Tyler, with his professionalism, has brought uh, that to the organization and has opened up the aperture of how far we reach especially with the university. So we appreciate Tyler's efforts and his, uh, his insight into the health disparities of African-Americans during those periods that he talked about. Um, now we're going to uh, transition into our, uh, our historian, uh, Phyllis Smith. Phyllis has, has done a wonderful job of identifying those 289 individuals uh, that are uh, identified in the civic cemetery now, in addition to the 33 veterans. So without further ado, Phyllis, the mic is yours. Thank you, Nick. <clears throat> As uh, he said, I'm, uh, I'm Phyllis Smith. I'm the historian of Mount Olive Cemetery. I first joined the organization in 2004 under the founder, Geneva Bell, and I became the historian at about 2016. My job includes three areas of research, the history of the cemetery, discovering the people who are buried there, and that's due to 90% of the graves being unmarked, and researching their lives and telling their stories. I was first attracted to the cemetery because of the U.S. colored troops buried there. As a veteran who quite often is told, thank you for your service, we will never forget your sacrifice, I wanted to ensure that these men were acknowledged for their service and sacrifice as well. 
When I started my research, we knew there were 22 veterans buried in the cemetery, 20 U.S. colored troop, one World War II veteran, and one soldier who didn't seem to be connected to any war, who we later found out was a Buffalo soldier. As of this date, we've identified 31 U.S. colored troops buried in Mount Olive. Clarksville also had a large community of U.S. colored troop veterans, many of whom were very successful and were leaders of the community. Um, two of the veterans buried in our cemetery, Barry Gupton and William Logan, are examples of this. Barry Gupton was a veteran of the 16th U.S. colored troops. Um, Basically, he was probably Clarksville's first black real estate mogul. Um, when he died, he owned 16 city lots. 14 of them had cabins on them, which he rented out. William Logan was a veteran of the 12th U.S. Color Troop and was a deacon in Mount Olive Baptist Church, which has no connection to the cemetery. And according to the local paper, had one of the most well-attended funerals that Clarksville had seen to that point. The last veteran we identified in our cemetery, uh, William Elder, we found him because his wife had a death certificate stating she was buried in Mount Olive. And um, when we researched her, she had applied for a widow's pension and there was a deposition in the widow's pension by the undertaker stating that her husband had been buried in Mount Olive. Um, on our website, we have a master roster which lists information on people that we have determined are in Mount Olive. And there are four ways we determine that. The first and most reliable is that there is a headstone. If you have a headstone with your name on it, then you're in our cemetery. The second way is if there is a death certificate that says you're buried there. The third way is, um, as is the case with William Elder, we find a deposition in a uh, pension record, which is usually telling us where the wife is buried. But um, it's somebody um, who is testifying under oath that you're buried there. And the last way, which is the least reliable, is an obituary in the local paper. Obituaries sometimes misstate um, where a person is buried, so we need to do more research to ensure that uh, that person isn't in another cemetery. Uh, we post updates to our master roster, and I invite anyone who may see an ancestor on the master roster to get in touch with me because I'd really love to hear family stories and will gladly share any information that we have on your relative with you. As you do research on a name on a headstone or on a death certificate, you find out um, a lot of things. You find out the person's occupation. You meet their family. You discover where they live. Um, 
sometimes you can discover the difficulties that they had to overcome. And you discover who they are. A headstone or a document becomes an actual person with real struggles that um, was just trying to support their family. Now, when you see their headstone, you see the person, not just the grave. And if you're lucky, you discover descendants who may be able to tell you more of their story. The people in our cemetery cover the whole range of economic classes and a wide range of occupations. Most of them worked in the tobacco industry, which was the basis for the wealth in Clarksville. Um, one of the civilian success stories, since I talked a lot about the U.S. color troops, that I want to share is Jordan Barksdale. He was Clarksville's first black entrepreneur. The earliest record of him is in 1860 in the local paper, and he was not a slave. He worked as a porter at the Franklin House, which was uh, at the time the premier uh, hotel in Clarksville. He worked as a porter on the passenger steamboats that went up and down the Cumberland as well. He ran a boarding house on Strawberry Alley and offered luggage service to people who were traveling. He would come to your house and pick up your baggage. He had a horse and wagon, and he would make sure it got on the right ship or train. And basically, he worked at anything dealing with customer service and did it well. He was well-known, well-regarded, and a leader in the black community. These people built Clarksville and made it what it is today. I'm privileged to know and tell their stories, and they've become part of my family. Back to you, Nick. Okay. Hey, uh, I don't know if you've heard this um, throughout the presentation, but um, as a leader of the organization, um, I often say when you have people who are passionate about what they do, you just get out of their way and let them do it. And that is a personification of everyone that you heard on this uh, program, uh, this presentation this evening. So just to wrap it up, um, and we'll give Tara some, some time to kind of reflect and ask some questions. As I said in the beginning, we trust that you are inspired to know more about this historic place, the stories of those interred there, and our ongoing efforts to preserve and maintain the cemetery. And as I said, ultimately, we hope that our story intrigues you enough to come to Clarksville, Tennessee. We welcome you and actually tour the cemetery. As Mike said, we welcome your interest in our mission and we invite you as members. Again, this could not have happened without Tyra's inv invitation. So Tyra, we thank you so much for this opportunity to share our story because as I said at the beginning, their struggles were real. And our mission is to tell their story as much as we can, wherever we can, so they won't die twice. Tyra, back to you. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Tyler. And thank you, Phyllis. Yes, I have lots of notes. You know that. <laughs> because their struggles were real. 
Um, first of all, I want to, I started this, let me see. First thing I want to say is I'm amazed. But the, the addition to that is I want to come. I want a tour. Okay. You're certainly welcome. I just want y'all to know. I'm putting you on notice. I don't know how I'm going to get there or when, but I'm coming. Also, I love the fact, I absolutely love the sentiment. And um, Tyler, can you do the the whole poem, No One uh, Dies Twice? Or did, you just did one part of it, right? Yeah, I just shared a little excerpt from it. Um, it's about a four-minute song. Oh, that's okay, it. Tyler. Never mind. I thought, <laughs> never mind. I, you can, I'll tell you what, when I come, you can sing it to me. But for some reason, we have a schedule in the radio studio, so I can't go over. But I think that is so appropriate when we think of our identity. And Phyllis, what you said, excuse me, um, a headstone becomes an actual person, not just a grave. I think that needs to settle into people's beings so that when we're looking, and the other thing, you know, I learned uh, when I was taking anthropology that cities, that graves and uh, cemeteries were on the outskirts of the city. And so you could tell how the town grew if you could see where the cemeteries were. And I don't know if that's true there in Clarksville, but I've found in Virginia lots of times it really, really is. And speaking of locations for our international audience would you tell people what it means to have be on the national register and how you got there sure tyra this is mike mm -hmm. uh, the, the national register uh is a list of historic places mm -hmm. designated by the department of interior okay that hold a special value to the United States and its people mm -hmm. um, that, that uh, carries with it a special designation that says this place for geographical purposes, for uh, physical properties, mm -hmm. or for historical um, connections to a community or event allows it to be placed on this national register. And it's, it's a way the nation um, honors uh, these special places, and it is certainly a source of pride for the communities that have uh, structures or places that are on the National Register. And then I want to ask the next question, and you all can bid on who takes me through it. Okay, I'm off the plane. One of you is taking me to, or all of you is taking me to the cemetery. What is the most important thing that you want me to see, if I could only see one or two things? I don't yeah, I'm going to let Mike answer that because he's our director of uh, preservation and maintenance. He's been out there uh, just doing what he does all the time. But uh, there's there's many sites. But Mike, go ahead and yeah. talk about that. Yeah, and I'd also defer to to Phyllis. Exactly. Because, uh, you know, her eye from the historian's perspective has uh, you know has a little bit different um, kind of take on the geography. But I would say the thing that I want you to 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 know is that this cemetery sits literally in the heart of the city of Clarksville. Mm -hmm. And you know, if you could imagine back during the slave period of our nation's history, 
if someone was giving up a piece of land to bury Slade, the chances are it wouldn't have been the most prime piece of real estate. Correct. Um, uh-huh. The most prime piece of the real estate would have been used for agricultural purposes. And so when you when you walk into the cemetery, you can't help but feel that you are in a very solemn, very special uh, place. It's it's just naturally beautiful. It has these beautiful towering trees, and amongst the Vinca vine are the graves of those slaves or uh, folks that uh, were descendants of slaves. And um, the the landscape speaks for itself. You you know you're in a special place, and you know that it's being cared for based on you know what you see and how you're able to navigate your way through the cemetery. And Tyler, I'll add to that. Um, we have a perspective, and Phyllis and some of the uh, members that have been in the organization for a long time uh, have a perspective that you or I would not have because we don't know what was. We know what is. We don't know what was. And that's an appreciation about this place and the space that until you have had that journey, you wouldn't know. But we invite you to come and see it. Well, you know I'm going to, and I'm also going to be a slave of the clock. So, uh, Nick, you took Phyllis's time. Uh-huh. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so uh, I found, and you all have heard this quote, I found uh, a quote that I think is an appropriate uh, definition of the importance of cemeteries for society. And it goes, show me the manner in which a nation or community cares for its dead. And I will measure with mathematical exactness the tender sympathies of its people, their respect for the laws of the land, and their loyalty to the high ideals. The prime, British Prime Minister, William Gladstone, offered us that sentiment. I just, uh, I'm just, I'm, feel, I'm full. I have so many notes, and uh, I'm not going to have time to deal with it, but I'm going to be committed to my format because I like to leave a little spiritual doggy bag for my listeners, for any of them that uh, may be having a tough time today getting through the next paragraph they're writing in their life story. Maybe they're feeling tired of being tired. Maybe they ask the question, is this all there is? Maybe they said, I'm scared. Well, to those... Let me say to you, if by chance no one has told you that they love you today, I would be honored to be the very first to say, I love you because I love you because you are and have been so willing to grow. And my, how you have grown. You have grown from struggling to searching. Excuse me, I needed some water. From trying to do something to learning how to do it. You have grown from fear to having faith to demonstrating your courage. You have grown in many ways consistently demonstrating your willingness and courage to take the next step toward the profound and divine wisdom buried within yourself. That's exactly why I love you. You've been listening to Frankly Speaking with Tyra G on Radio Fairfax and cable cast locally, nationally, and internationally at 
www.radiofairfax.org every Saturday night at 8 p.m. or listening to our podcasts by keying in Frankly Speaking with Tyra G. Podcasts. I want to acknowledge my special guest tonight, members of the board of Mount Olive Cemetery Historical Preservation Society. Tyler, could you quickly give us again the website address? Website is mountolivechps.weebly.com. Thank you, Mike. Until next time, I need you to remember that you're amazing just as you are. You're more beautiful than you believe and more love than you can ever imagine. You're here because you're chosen and you're important. Say yes to the power within you and treat yourself like someone you love. Your seat at this table is guaranteed. I'm here and I'm listening. This is Tyra G.